Uh, hey, if you have your uh, Bibles, I'd like you to find Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews 13. And while this uh, might seem like a strange Resurrection Day passage, it's not at all, and you'll see it. There's old Hank waving at me, praise God. Um, it's actually some of the, it's the benediction for this letter to uh, Hebrew believers. And if you'll, if, you'll, if you'll remember, the whole letter of Hebrews was written to people who were, who were through the trial of life, walking away from the faith. And this letter was written to encourage them. Do not, due to the trial of your life, do not walk away from the faith. Amen. And though we're not being persecuted by this pandemic crisis for our faith, I think it is the temptation when we can't gather and we can't stay in these rhythms. There's a temptation to sort of slack up, to, to, to hold back, to, to think maybe God's not with us. And so I'll just confess it openly. As I was asking God for a Resurrection Day message for my brothers and sisters here at East Rock Community Church, my, um, my chief thought was, God, how can I encourage the body to put their focus on that resurrected Lord and not to grow weary in this difficult time? And he pointed my heart to the book of Hebrews, and that's where this message comes from today. Hebrews chapter number 13, just two short verses that are jam-packed with more stuff than I'm even going to go over here today. Hebrews 13, beginning at verse number 20. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with every good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, as we open your word on this day, we open it because you've opened the tomb. The stone has been rolled away. The Savior is risen indeed. It's the whole reason, Father, the church has made the first day of the week, has made Sunday our day of worship and celebration. Every Sunday is a celebration of the resurrection for the church. And we commemorate it as extra special in our hearts today on this Resurrection Sunday. And God, we pray that you indeed by your living presence among us. Encourage us, exhort us, challenge us, and if need be, chasten us. But more than anything, step into the room where we've been locked into, the room where we're afraid, and just be with us. Help us now, God. In Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. Well, I have some simple thoughts today that I pray will make a profound impact on you as we look at Hebrews chapter number 13, verses 20 and 21. I, 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 love, I love the analogy that God gives us when he calls us sheep. We've always been sheep. And what that means is, uh, it means all the negative connotations. Let's just own it. We've always been sheep. We've always been prone to fearfulness. We've always been prone to straying. We've always been prone to the attacks of strong enemy. We've always been prone to everything that the sheep uh, animal is prone to. But more than anything, I love that Jesus calls us sheep because we never stop needing a shepherd. That's my favorite part about it. We are designed to be shepherded. We are designed 
to walk with the living God. And one of the great tragedies in the Garden of Eden is that the serpent comes along and says, you can do this without him. And so began with the fall of Adam and Eve, the fall of all mankind. We've always been sheep and we've always needed a shepherd and we have not always been in relationship with that shepherd. And what Holy Week reminds us is that our good shepherd, our good shepherd, Jesus of Nazareth, the Christ of God, our good shepherd has so much our interest in mind that he went to the cross to solve our biggest problems. And he went, he came out of the tomb to defeat our biggest enemy. We've always been sheep and we always needed a shepherd. There are four realities that I want to give you in a short, short few moments here tonight. Uh, I know we're battling the rain, but you know God will be with us. Don't worry, guys. I want to give you four realities from the resurrection that will teach us today how to trust our shepherd more. First reality is Jesus is the great shepherd. Somebody out there is saying, brother, we already know that. But do you know it today? Do you remember that story in John chapter 11 where Jesus is gone away and Lazarus dies and he's a special friend of Jesus and when he comes back into town the sisters of Lazarus confront Jesus and one of them basically says basically says this is all your fault it reminds me of the garden episode when God walks into the garden and and uh, Eve is saying the devil made me do it and Adam is going it's that woman you gave me Martha tells Jesus, if you had been here, if you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. And Jesus says, don't you believe you'll see your brother again? And she says, sure, in the resurrection. Lady, I am the resurrection. When I tell you the simple truth that Jesus is the great shepherd, we have to remember that Jesus is the great shepherd and Jesus is also the resurrection. Why is this significant? What's the old saying? Lions, tigers, and bears? Oh my, I heard some of you in the parking lot say it. Lions, tigers, and bears, what? Oh my. Even if a lion, even if that roaring lion Satan strikes down this shepherd, even if bears and wolves attack him, even if the worst blows from the most evil men Strike him dead. Our good shepherd is also the resurrection. That simple truth has to encourage your heart. If he can be so pure that he pays for sin and be so powerful that he defeats death, then when we know this one watches over our souls, it should change our reality. Jesus is our good shepherd. Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus whom they crucified. Jesus is the shepherd. He's the good shepherd who defeats death. Secondly, secondly, well, let me pause. I, I just want to confess, my heart is in a rush because I'm concerned about the weather. But I think this is important. In essence, we've seen a lot of bad shepherds in our lifetime. People who are supposed to be leading us and caring for us, just turn on your evening news and it doesn't take any time to see some fallen politician, some fallen pastor. It doesn't take any time at all. Just watch the news for a week. You'll see some fallen business leader. People who are supposed to be leading, letting us down. 
Well, the good news is that the good shepherd has never let us down. He was eternally pure and he is eternally powerful. He'll always do right and he always has the power to defeat the worst enemy. Think about that. On my best day, on my very best series of days, I am an under shepherd to the good shepherd. I will fail you. Even on our best days, even on our best days, best series of days, I'm going to let you down. People are going to let you down. We're just underlings. And we underlings, I can speak for myself. I want to have good days. I want to have days where I don't let you down. I want to have months where I don't let you down. I want to have years where I don't let you down. But people let you down. I'll let you down. The best among us will let you down. The good shepherd will, will never let you down. He is eternally holy. He's also eternally able. Some days, even when I have the best intentions, I'm weak. And I, by that, I mean I'm physically weak. I get tired. I can't, I can't be everywhere at once. He's omnipresent. I can't do everything at once. He's omnipotent. I don't know everything at once. He's omniscient. He's eternally able. And so when I read here in these scriptures, when it says, now, by, now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd, it connects the resurrection to his leadership as the great shepherd. He's been brought again. And not just brought again, but brought again through the eternal covenant of his blood. Remember when he established the Lord's Supper. Just a few, just one night before he's crucified. Just, just a few short days before he's resurrected. He says, now I want you to drink this cup. It, it's the blood of my new covenant. Well, here in Hebrews, it reminds them of that eternal covenant. His blood was pure. It was holy. It was accepted by God. It was a sufficient sacrifice. So when I say Jesus is the good shepherd, he has the power and he has the goodness and he has the ability. Secondly, by his blood and by his resurrection, we remember that he is our good shepherd. Now, when you read here, brought again from the dead, that's the resurrection. And when you read here by the blood of the eternal covenant, that's the blood of the eternal covenant. Who's qualified? Jesus of Nazareth. Who's able? Jesus of Nazareth. How is it proven? Death couldn't hold him. Sin didn't beat him. We have to remember that on, on this resurrection day. He is worthy. You know, um, I hope some of you guys tuned in to Andrew Peterson's Good Friday service on the internet the other day. And, and uh, absolutely, my favorite part was when he's saying, is he worthy? It's important to ask those questions and not just to ask them in a general sense, but to ask yourselves these questions today and to give your answer today. By his blood, by the resurrection, he proves that he's our good shepherd, our great shepherd. His blood is worthy. His resurrection is factual. Thirdly, the great shepherd is always with us, always at work on us and in the world through us. Where do you get that from? He tells us, I'm going to equip you with every good thing. That's verse 21. You see that? He's always at work on us. If you're not just like Jesus on this resurrection day, take comfort. He rose from the dead and one of the chief things he's doing is working on you. You ever thought about that? Isn't that exciting, guys? Have you thought about that? He rose from the dead and one of his chief works is to work on the church to make them mature and ready for every good work. But not just working on us. 
He's always with us as he's working on us. By the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with every good thing that you may do his will. What does he say? He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He is with us, working on us, and in the world through us. How do I know that? I know that because he's equipping us to do his will, and then he's equipping us to do the will that pleases him, the Bible says. What's Jesus doing in your life in the middle of this COVID-19 pandemic? Let me tell you what Jesus is doing in your life. This is exactly what he's doing. He is working in you to make you just like him. He is being with you because he promised he would. And, and he's, he's able. And he is working through you so that the world might know him through his church. When I think of the resurrection, I think of the ultimate superhero. We don't have to make this guy up. It's real. And he's the hero of the world. And he's the hero of my story. Can you say that today? Is he the hero of your story today? And last but not least, we're told that when we're, when we, in this benediction, we're told that when we cling to this Jesus, when we cling to this Jesus, he will get glory through his people. Go back and look at verse 21. It says he'll equip you with everything good that you may do his will. He's working in us. Uh, that which is pleasing in sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, the story of resurrection that will touch your friends and neighbors won't be that we struggle to meet together online and in the parking lot. That we struggled in, in spite of storms, in spite of pandemic virus. The story will be that people see your life being transformed into the image of Jesus. They see you laying down your life. They see you serving like Jesus. They see you trying to, to surrender yourself to his leadership. They see God changing you into a different person. And they'll say, man, to God be the glory. Or they'll ask you, how did all this happen? And you can say, by the blood of the eternal covenant. By the presence of the shepherd leading me. The only way that I'm, 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 I'm even seeking to become different, even want to become different, the only reason something new is being working, worked into my will is because Jesus is alive and he's got a hold of me. That's what I want my story to be. That the resurrected Lord isn't a story of sentimentality to me, but it's a story of abiding in the Savior who died for me and who's working me to change me into his image and to get glory to me in the world. And the Bible tells us that the great shepherd, he's defeated death. The great shepherd is with his people. The great shepherd is with his people to equip them to do his, his work and to do his will in a way that pleases him so that we'll give Jesus glory in this life and in this world. And isn't that our longing? East Rock Community Church. Isn't our longing to bring Jesus glory? Isn't our longing right here in the Woodlawn community for this building to represent the people who long to be a lighthouse in this community? Isn't it our desire that we want our family that doesn't know the Lord Jesus to, to see the light of Jesus in us? Isn't it our desire that our neighbors would see the resurrection through us we who were once dead in our trespasses and sins have been made alive together with him. Isn't that what we want? I believe it is, brothers and sisters. So when I read this benediction from the book of Hebrews, 
I have a threefold encouragement for believers. Threefold encouragement. Number one, don't give up. I may sound a little bit like Jim Valvano of uh, uh, NC State. You know, don't give up. Don't ever give up. I'm telling you, don't give up. We must be like Job would say, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. We must be like the apostle Peter in John 6 when Jesus says, hey, are you guys going to leave me? They said, we have nowhere else to go for you have the words of life. We must hold on to Jesus in this very confusing and trying time. Secondly, secondly, we must for our own sake and sanity and sanctification, for our own sake, our own sanity, our own sanctification, we must cling to Jesus. He is still the only author of life. He is still the only defeater of death. He is still the only one who is, whose blood is sufficient to pay for sin. And in the middle of a world that would rip our hearts to pieces, Jesus is still our only hope. Don't give up. Keep holding to Jesus. And my third challenge to the believers today is let the resurrection be lived out in you. Ask yourself constantly, constantly, constantly be asking yourself, what does Jesus want me to be thinking, doing, or saying right now? And don't do it out of guilty conscience. Do it out of excited expectation. Believe. Believe that the risen Lord is with you and he's at work in you and he's at work around you and he is showing himself to the world through you. Believe that. Believe it. And then perhaps somewhere in the sound of my voice, there's someone who hasn't found the hope of the resurrection. The one who defeated death, the Lord Jesus, would say to you, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He has paid the debt for sin. He has conquered the enemy death. And he's told us, none of us do good. It's not in us to do good. So he did the good for us, and then he begs us, Come to me. I've done the good. I am the good. I'm the solution for your pain, for your sin, for your shame. I'm the solution for the deadness in you. So I, if you happen to be under the sound of my voice tonight and you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus, is this simple. Lord Jesus, I believe that your work is true and accepted by God and I believe it's for me. I believe in you, Lord Jesus, as the solution for sin and the key to life. And I receive you as Lord, as the boss, as the master of my living days and of my eternal days. Believe on the Lord Jesus and receive him and you shall be saved. The challenge to believers, hold on to Jesus. The challenge to everyone else, come to Jesus. That's what the resurrection message is in me today. 